Anybody should be allowed to be as feminine as they want. And once I started to embrace that part of me, I felt so much more powerful. And I do feel like I tap into my magic when I lean into my Shea my inner goddess. This is Your Magic. I'm Michelle T. Today on the show, I'm speaking with musician, activist, and Drag Race All-Stars winner, Shea Coulee. We're going to talk about the dream realm, being of service, and queer magic. After that, we have a time-traveling spell from drag witch Judy Darling, designed to help us become our own guardian angels. Stay with us. Know what I think is cute? Remembering being a teenager in New England, heading out to occult shops like Arsenic and Old Lace in Cambridge or Crowhaven Corner in Salem with my best friend, Peter. We were both freaky outcasts, gothy punks, the sort of kids that often got debris hurled at us from passing cars in uptight Massachusetts. I've told this story before, but I think I love something crucial out of the telling. We were queer. If you believe in energy, and you sort of have to to have a spiritual practice, right? Then it's not hard to imagine energy has a variety of flavors, orientations, stances. Some people have very witchy energy, and some have powerfully queer energy. And me and my friends, we mostly had both. We didn't necessarily know what to do with it. We lit a lot of candles and carried magical items with us. We drank too much illegally procured vodka and cried together. We ran from cops and skinheads and soothed one another with tarot readings. We couldn't really claim we were witches and we were too scared to speak to our queerness. But the fact is we were touched by some freaky queer vibe chosen by fae sprites or butch goddesses. The mark was ineffable and upon us, and throughout our lives, it would move us in various directions, spiritual and creative, tender and fierce. 35 years later, I'm a public witch with the Tarot Podcast, and Peter just graduated from psychic school. He texts me all the time with like little hits he gets about my life coming at him from the ether. It is very cool to have a psychic friend. I'm flying to the East Coast next week to see him. We will definitely make a pilgrimage to some sacred sites, queer and pagan, the Witch Trials Memorial in Salem, Herring Cove Beach in Provincetown. All magic is magical, duh, but queer magic brings with it a little something extra, a dose of ritual camp, deep misfit glamour, a sixth sense sequined with compassion. We conjure dazzle camouflage to slide through dangers unseen or raise up our vibes to monstrous heights to scare off predators. We send psychic flares to one another, creating covens of community, weaving our powers for maximum potency. Sometimes we're really conscious that we're doing this and a lot of times we really aren't. Now let's go talk to Shea Coulee. Hi Shea, (laughs) thank you for being on Your Magic. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Do you have a spiritual practice of your own or a magical practice or? Gosh, that's a really good question. Um, I guess my spiritual practice would just be meditation. Um, Just always trying to be mindful. Um, Like my best friend of 12 years, uh, she uh, reads tarot. So whenever I'm like kind of looking for a reading, I'll always reach out to her and she'll give me a good one because she just knows me um so well and that's about that's that's about it i just really try and um because i grew up in the church um baptist my mom's a reverend and for me i've like reformatted the concept of god and st- 
outside of it being, you know, first of all, male. <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> it's just, it's just like, <laughs> to me, I'm just like, that's the patriarchy. Um, for me, I feel like, you know, we all have our like origin, our source of energy that like connects us all. And in that way, we each have like our own God power potential. And so I just try and tap into that. Do you feel that there's any, do you connect to that, that sense of magic and your, yourself as like plugged into the universe through drag and through gender play? I really do feel like my magic comes forth through my drag. I discovered so much of my own magic and power through doing drag because I feel like divine energy is just inherently feminine because like all of the really powerful examples that I've like always seen in my life have been from women. When I think of love and power and divinity and magic, there's this natural like feminine energy that I feel surrounds it. So once I started to embrace and enhance my femininity, which, you know, in this world, as someone who uh, may be presenting cis male seems like, you know, so like, oh God, you know, misogyny it just is so annoying because it's like anybody should be allowed to be as feminine as they want because i think that it's great and it's beautiful and it's powerful but as like you know young boys we really there's all this toxic masculinity that says don't do this don't be like that and then once i started to embrace that part of me i felt so much more um powerful And I was just all like, this is what the patriarchy doesn't want us to find out. (laughs) This is why they tell little boys to not be femme, because I'm like, it actually is really powerful. And I do feel like I... I can, I tap into my, my magic when I really, really, you know, lean into my, my Shaykulay, my inner goddess. Yes, I love that so much. I just feel like feminine and masculine energies, they're energies, you know, and they're accessible to anybody who wants mm-hmm. them. And the, mm-hmm. and the way that our culture has like attached them to specific bodies and space and created rules around it. Yeah. It's so abusive. <laughs> I mean, I have a six-year-old, you know, and I remember when he was in um, preschool, it's like, you know, I live in LA, so it's like a pretty like progressive preschool. Mm-hmm. And all the moms would be watching their sons play and be like, is he gay? I think he's going to be gay. And it's like one of those preschools where all the moms are like, I think he's going to be gay, crossing <laughs> their fingers. Like everyone wants like a magical little, but it's so interesting because mm-hmm. I think it's just the natural sort of femininity that has not yet and hopefully never will be like beaten out of these kids by culture that they just are in their natural mixture of feminine and masculine. And it's all Mm -hmm. just, you know, so I feel like so much of, um, adulthood, queer adulthood is just unlearning everything, all the programming we got during like those formative Mm -hmm. years and try to get back to that kid magic. Yeah. That kid magic is really important. I think that that's one thing. I think that that's like why on Drag Race, you know, for the girls that make it to the finale, RuPaul asked the question for you to give a piece of advice to your younger self because um, I constantly check in with that younger self because that younger self was so fearless. That younger self, just the sky was the limit. And not like not even the sky, just like there were no limits. And, you know, like you said, there are all these things that we then later on learn. And I feel like, you know, we retreat and hide certain parts of ourselves in order to try and navigate through society. 
and part of queer adulthood is really just unlearning those behaviors and peeling back those layers and like allowing that like inner child to come back forth again. What astrological sign are you? I'm an Aquarius sun, Pisces moon and Pisces rising. Oh my God. I'm an Aquarius as well on the Pisces cusp. Um, yes. Do you relate to being an Aquarius? How do you feel like that? I do identify really hard with being an Aquarius. My dad was an Aquarius and my grandfather was an Aquarius too. Like all of our Ooh. birthdays are actually four days apart. Yeah. And going back to like community and activism, that's something that I always just like grew up being surrounded by that like we are as powerful as our weakest member. So you should always be focusing on trying to elevate those that need the help the most. Other than that, it's just like, I'm such a dreamer. <laughs> like, I live two, I live in two parallel universes that are going at the same time. You know, I'm here in this realm, but I'm also like in this dream realm that's like going like right next to it. You know, there's like, all, there's always a fantasy that's happening at the same time, you know? It's like, sometimes I'm all by myself, but still, it's like I'm performing for, like, a reality television camera that's not there. This makes, hearing you talk like this, it makes me want to ask, like, how, like, when you get an inspiration for an act, like, how does it come to you? Like, how how does it feel in your body, or how, how, do, you, how do you put them together? Um. Okay, so th that inspiration comes from that, like, parallel fantasy universe. Like, that's, you know, and I'll be going through my day and I'll be doing something. A lot of times it's, like, when I'm on the elliptical at the gym, you know? And then, like, because you're trying to zone endorphins. out. Endorphins! Right? You get those endorphins. Right? And yeah. then you're also trying to, like, zone out because you're just, like, doing the same repetitive motion. And then I just, like, really kind of, like, lean into that fantasy world while I'm, like, staring out the window. And then, like, all of a sudden, it's just, like, the images and, like, the feelings start getting, like, really, really strong. You know, they're always kind of fuzzy. But then all of a sudden, like, I'll get this, like, amazing clarity. And then, like, immediately I'm like, okay, like, boom. There it was. That's the inspiration. Have you ever had any experiences that you would call kind of supernatural or uncanny or uh, um yeah i used to i used to have them um a lot more when i was a kid i would say my first experience that i remember was probably around 8 and I had this dream that I had a visit from my maternal grandmother. I was describing her in, in, in the dream. And, you know, as a kid, always I paid attention to what people were wearing. And when I described her outfit, my mom was like, that's what she was buried in. And she died. She died when my mom was 23. And my mom had me when she was 35. So, you know what I'm saying? There's like... And so she was just so shook, you know, I was like, oh, it's like this peach dress, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, you know, I could tell she just had like chills. She was like, oh, my goodness. I'm getting chills. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then we stayed in a haunted hotel once on tour. That was not the Oh, where? <laughs> this was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, girl. Sounds fun, but it's not fun. And like... We stayed in this hotel that was haunted. We didn't know. And I've never felt like we were like we were trying to sleep. And it felt like a vibration, like an energy was like hovering. And then the the venue that we were at, we're like loading in. And there's these stairs. And in the stairs, there's like this little shrine. 
And we're like, oh my God, what the hell is this? And they're all like, oh, this is for little Bobby. Um, This used to be a silent movie theater. And in the 20s, he was coming down these stairs and this hot water tank exploded and it killed him. So everyone leaves little like things for Bobby, you know, when they do shows and performances just for good luck, you know, to just like keep good, good energy. And so there was probably about like eight girls on this tour at this point. I was just like, I remember I had this ring. I I really did love this ring. I loved it. And I was just like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to leave this here, like on the shrine. I was like, you know, me and this ring have had some good times, but like, I'm going to leave that there. And another girl left something as well. And then when we were getting ready to load out, because we were getting ready to go to El Paso and drive overnight... I get on the bus and all the girls were complaining about how ice cold their showers were in the dressing room. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, my shower was, like, so warm. And the other girl who gave, she was like, mine was warm, too, which is crazy because he died from a hot water heater. And, like, that's the part that just, like, really just, like, like I get chills every time I tell that story because I was just like, we were literally the only two girls that left something were the only two that got hot water. So, yeah, if any, I don't remember the name of the venue, but if you are a performer and you walk into a venue in El Paso and there is a shrine for little Bobby, leave something. Leave something for little Bobby. Do you think that queer people are more sort of, I don't know, predisposed to psychic activity? Yeah, because I feel like I feel like as queer people, we've naturally had to kind of look from the outside in. And I feel like that otherness, that feeling allows you, I don't know, to like tap into this inner magic because you do have to find it for yourself because there's we don't get the same type of nurture and validation a lot of the times that, you know, other cis hetero people get so it it is like you kind of have to dig it you know within yourself to like find that that magic and that courage and that sixth sense and then like once you start to tap into that I feel like is when you start to be like oh wow this is like actually quite like powerful and it's not as um rigid as like typical religious constructs you're like this is really about me and my feelings and my intuitions and you're like and that is awesome (laughs) you know can i read your tarot cards yes yes cool i'm so ready what would you like a reading about i've never really talked about it and a lot of people don't know this, but I have a record label um, and it's called House Down Records. And I really want um, House Down Records to be a place for um, not just queer, everybody, but, you know, really um, giving opportunities to try and create amazing opportunities for queer people in the music industry. So I'm going to ask the tarot, what does it look like for you to focus um, increasing energy on House Down Records as a site of um, community uplift and support for queer artists, emerging queer artists, young queer artists, queer artists who need a break, who need a lift. What does it look like for you to um, undertake a sort of like new, like a new project or bring a new round of energy? For that. Okay. Picking three cards on that. Before I flip them, is there anything else? Any other sort of ideas where you're like, oh, I could do that? I'm curious what it would look like for me to 
oh my God, relocate from Chicago to Los Angeles? I'm picking for both. So I just shuffled and picked for LA and now I'm picking for Chicago. Like what would it look like for you to just recommit and to say like, you know, like definitively, no, I'm not leaving. I'm staying here, um, you know, where you have such roots and you're already engaged in such work. Um, I'm going to light my little candle with my crystal. It has a crystal in it that was charged in the moon. Oh, I love it. What crystal? Um, uh, it's just quartz. Three witches in New York um, charge these together and put little spells to activate this candle. Oh, I love that. Yes. Oh, we have so many cards to flip. I love it. All right. So the question about what does it look like, you know, for to do um, the focus on your record label? I don't know. It doesn't look awesome. Um, uh-huh. It doesn't look awesome. Let me tell you what we got here. We got the Prince of Discs, which is a Taurus card, not a bad card, not a super inspired card, but definitely mm-hmm. like a, a hard worker, right? So mm-hmm. not a bad card. But then we have this Five of Wands, which is called Strife in this deck. And it's it's um, Saturn in Leo. And there's something about this Saturn in Leo energy where like Leo wants to like play and have a rad time. And Saturn's like, did you think of that though? Did you think of that? Did you cross? that T? Did you dot that I? So it's stressful. You know, it kind of takes the joy out of it. Your final card is a little bit sending a mixed message. It's another, it's a disc card again. It's called Gain. It's the nine of discs and it's Venus and Virgo. So what this is telling me is that for whatever reason, to, to kind of, um, Bring this energy to your record label and try to start a sort of a project within it that supports emerging artists. There's something almost um, s- structural. It's almost structural in the structure of the record label. Like you might not have the actual support you need right now as far mm-hmm. as like, may- like maybe you need more people to help you get that off the ground. But like if you try to do it yourself right now, it's going to be overwhelming. Oh my God. Thank you, cards. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I have a tendency to put a lot on my plate, you know? Awesome. Thank you for that. No, I mean, I, because I'm in the process of really trying to build um, my um, own music, and I really think that that will probably be the, the catalyst for the record label to just go out there and focus smaller solely on me so that it can get to a level to grow, and then I can reach out and then help other artists at the same time. Okay, I this these polls about where you should be living are messing me up because both of them both of them are tough and it makes me wonder if there's a third place that you wonder if you should move to because LA looks like a big no. <laughs> LA looks stressful. Like the middle card here is adjustment, which is this like balance card. It's Libra. It's like, okay, there's a lot going on. I gotta, I gotta balance it. I gotta find my way. But on either side of it, defeat and oppression. It's like, oh, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Defeat is like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was gonna be. Bummer. And yeah. then oppression, the oppression card is literally like, why did I think I wanted this? Now here I am. You know, I'm trapped. But then you know, so I was looking for like, oh, home sweet home vibes for Chicago, and I'm not quite getting it there either. It's like you have the prudence card, which is very interesting. It's um, it's an eight of discs. It's a Virgo card, sun in Virgo. And it's to me, it's saying like, these, look at this beautiful tree. For those who, mm-hmm. you know, don't know what this card looks like in the Toth deck, it's this gorgeous tree that's flowering. And there are these beautiful protective leaves that are growing over the blossoms. And it's 
you know, it's a story about like, like loving protection. So in this way, I feel like it's, you are taken care of in Chicago in this way. Like you've got roots mm-hmm. there, you have family there. And in a sense, you also take care of Chicago, right? You have love for it. Mm-hmm. You know it so intimately and you want as an Aquarius, like you want to offer, you want to be of service to Chicago, but mm-hmm. it might not be right for you anymore. It's like, you gotta, you gotta move out of there, but not necessarily to LA. Um, (laughs) Is, are there any other places you're interested in or is this something you need to think about? Oh my God. That would be something I would need to think about. I'm like, is Palm Springs an option? (laughs) Do you want to pick some Palm Springs cards? Right? Yeah, let's see. I've never even been to Palm Springs, but let's see. Sight unseen. Will you move to Palm Springs? Sight unseen. Oh my gosh. I mean... I feel like Palm Springs could really benefit from a dose of your energy, frankly. <laughs> Look, I love mid-century modern architecture. Like, don't even get well, me started. Like, my bet, my my dream house is like a whole 70s glam fantasy. And I'm like, where else? This definitely looks a lot better for you, actually. Um, hey. You have the chariot. <laughs> and the chariot is a card in the tarot that, that does represent moving locations. You know, actually, wow. literally mm-hmm. moving is like a traditional read on this guy. Um, he's Cancer. And, you know, Cancer is a sort of home, sweet home kind of card. Yeah. And he's a little bit, you know, it's the chariot of war. So it does talk about, like, maybe there's a little bit of a fight that needs to happen to make this happen. Um, but it's sort of victory is a assured if you just like yes. go to battle like victory yes. is assured and then your next card is another little fighter so you've got i don't know what the fight is around this if there's like a little bit of a hustle involved but she's like i'm gonna take what's mine like look at her she's just jumping yeah. with her sword drawn <laughs> yes the princess of swords in this deck it's like basically she's tearing down a corrupt temple that's the illustration mm. so this this yes. temple is corrupt it needs to go she's not asking to speak to the manager that's not her style she's gonna go in and she's yeah. just going to kick the building down. <laughs> yes. So it seems like a bold move is being called for. And your final card is another princess, Princess of Wands. And there she is, just like beautiful, fearless. Her, um, She has these big antenna on her head that are supposed to be about powerful intuition, following the intuition. She literally has a tiger by the tail. The tail's like wrapped around her neck like a scarf, which is mm-hmm. that metaphor for, you know, having it together, not being intimidated. She's burning her fears on an altar next to her. It's a real... Uh, glyph of fearlessness so Mm -hmm. yeah that looks really good actually oh right (laughs) i like it for you i really like it for you i like it for me too oh my god okay 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 can i ask you one more question yes of course (laughs) yeah okay okay because this ties into the whole um chicago palm springs love it love it because I, I I was hoping to, like, kind of, like, within, like, the next, like, year um, buy my first, like, condo. But just, like, my first property so I'm not, like, renting anymore. And so that's something that I've been working so hard on. Getting my credit together. Like, I swear, like, I've literally been sweating, just, like, saving, doing everything I can to set myself up for it. So I would like to ask the cards about what I should focus on most in that process. Like, I guess I'm a... F- I have a little bit of fear because, you know, it's a big it's a big thing, you know, Um, but I also am trying really to push myself outside of, you know, those fears and tapping into that own um, inner strength. And 
understanding that I'm good enough and I'm capable enough. Like, I, I think one of the struggles as like a Black person in America trying to achieve and get to the level of being a homeowner is like, it. there are other hurdles, you know? And I have like friends in similar situations where I'm like, what, you get approved for like this, what line of credit, what, what, you know, all these things. And so I guess I just want to... Checking on my 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 confidence and like my I just I guess the process of just buying one's first home like what can I expect Yeah, <laughs> so, all right. So many questions. You're like, do we have a clear question? Yeah. No, but it's okay. I like helping. I like helping figure out what those questions are. Okay. So first, what I want to do is, in general, pick like what does this path look like for you towards home ownership? Okay. So I'm shuffling with that. I just need something cards. with a big bathtub that I can meditate in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the cards have already prescribed that for you. So, yes, <laughs> that is Thank what you, you. need. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah. You're, this looks good. This Yay! looks good. <laughs> so good. It's so good, Shay. I'm so happy to see how good it is. All right. So here's for like for buying a house at all, right? The path for you uh-huh. for buying a house. Your centerpiece card, which is the card in the center. Duh. It's the lovers. Okay. So this is really beautiful. Oh. I mean, I feel like, okay, first of all, are you are you buying a house with your partner? Yeah. So that's why I immediately went, oh, because that's just like it's it's yes, that's just wow. Uh-huh. So you're not in it alone. I'm not in it alone. And before we even like actually officially dated, I remember having a dream that him and I were like on this beach and like discovered this like old house that was like basically nothing but driftwood. And we both found these two separate pieces of like a like a Dutch looking like white and blue um, plate and like our pieces like matched in the dream. And in the dream, I told him, I was like, you know what? We can build this and put this together you know and build a home together and um that was like one of the moments i knew that like i that he was special for me and like the one that like in in my dreams that he was the one that i wanted to build a house with so just seeing that as my first car just like is so it's yeah that's really like lovely it's beautiful. It's the centerpiece. And and I also feel like we have these relationships with our homes, right? Like homes are magic spaces that are so often inhabited by energy and spirit that we, you know, can or can't understand, but we bond with. And I feel like, in this, you know, while the lover in this is, uh, is your literal lover, I also feel like it's saying a little bit that the home is your lover a little bit. Like mm-hmm. you're searching for the one, right? The, the, yeah. That home. And, and I feel like it's like, it's blessed, right? It's a blessed uh, effort. It's beautiful. The other card supporting this is the Prince of Wands. He's Leo. He's so yes. fun. He's like <laughs> sex, play, entertainment, love, joy, um, children it's like it's like that inner child and it's that yeah and we want to see i feel like you know when we picked um earlier the strife card was that oppressed leo energy Mm -hmm. that was saying no because like you i mean leo's the opposite of aquarius but i often feel like it's a complimentary energy and it's like as a performer the, the leo leo energy is something that you do run on a certain level right and so this is beautiful for you and then on the other side Queen of Swords, who is the Aquarius queen. She, yes. So, and so this is about like, okay, you got to put some thought into this. You got to look at the big picture of it. But it's like, that's what you've been doing. Like, you're you're not walking into it blind. Like, you know, there's like, 
there's like systemic racism in housing markets so so intense mm-hmm. in our country you know and that there's like you know racism and banking and all this other shit mm-hmm. and like you understand what you need to be looking for and on guard about and you yeah. know like that because she's up this queen is up on this cloud yes. and she's looking down at the situation and she's got a really great vantage point that is a little detached self-protective mm-hmm. but she's also mm-hmm. like she's got her sword drawn and look she's already chopped some dude's head off like she's she's not gonna stand for it you know so it's it's really good it's very sharp it's very intelligent and so you've got her power like on your side with this i love it too i'm i you know as somebody who lives in los angeles I selfishly would love to see you in Palm Springs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, Look, maybe that's the house that I go in there and don't speak to the manager and just take for myself. My name is Coleman Drew. Sometimes I get called Judy Darling. Basically, you can call me whatever you wish, as long as you're being nice to me and you pay me. I accept all pronouns, and I'm I'm just here to have a good time and make some magic. So today, we are expanding the month of Pride because it should go beyond a month. And we're going to do a little take back your Pride magic with some time-traveling color magic. The only things you'll need for this spell is an environment that allows you to do your work a space that allows you to focus and manifest your intentions in a relaxed and an open way. Tools you'll need is a small object of your choice. You could use a a candle. I like birthday candles for a witch on the go. Crystals, uh, a prism is super fun if you want to do some sunlight rainbow magic. Whatever you choose as your object, once you're ready, sit down and charge it with your intention. And the intention today is to make this object be filled with our pride. And I'm not talking about pride that's motivated by our ego or fear in any way. This is that delicious pride that makes us feel more connected to the creative flow, feels more expansive, that delicious kind of pride. This is an it gets better kind of moment. Once you've found that feeling, take some time and acknowledge it. Feel the love and the clarity that comes with knowing yourself. And when your object is overflowing with pride, I want you to travel back in time to another moment in your life. When a situation caused you to doubt yourself and maybe feel even a little ashamed. Now using your pride-filled object and the power of perspective from the future. Wrap yourself in the knowledge that this moment of pain shall pass. Tell yourself that the things will work out beyond your wildest dreams. Feel reassured as you act as your own rainbow guardian angel. And the more you time travel and take these meditative journeys, you'll create a time loop and you'll start to get messages from your future self. So dive in and rewrite the past and make tomorrow a little brighter. Thank you, Judy Darling. I think we all spend a lot of time projecting our most powerful witch selves out into this chaotic world, but really we're not superheroes. We're people, we're vulnerable, and we get shaken and thrown. I love the thought of being able to return to the scene of an insult and heal it with magic. I mean, what is time anyway, right? 
Well, providing it remains linear, we will see you here next week. Until then, stay brave and stay magic. Thanks for tuning into Your Magic. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at This Is Your Magic, and you can subscribe to us here on Spotify. Just do what you need to do to never miss an episode. Sign up for our newsletter at thisisyourmagic.com and get even more musings from our team of spiritual seekers. Also, you can email us at hello at thisisyourmagic.com. We would love to hear from you. This episode was produced and edited by Molly Elizalde, Tony Gannon, and Vera Blossom. We got production support from Veronica Agard, Christine Marr, and Raven Yamamoto. Our executive producers are Ben Cooley, myself, and Molly Elizalde. Our original theme music is by John Kimbrough. Tune in next week for a conversation with Virgie Tovar. Thanks for listening. <laughs>